Hello and welcome to Admageddon. I'm Zach Beamish. This is the podcast about the far reaches of commercials. In this episode, we examine when the wacky world of ads collided with the glorified power that is the Super Bowl. From field goals to Doritos, this is Admageddon. The Super Bowl, the big game, the promised land, that thing Tom Brady won a lot. Whatever you call it, the Super Bowl is one of the biggest annual events on TV. At the end of the NFL season, two teams will have gone through the gauntlet of physical agony and concussions to make it to the Super Bowl and achieve immortality, and advertisers really want to be a part of it. The spectacle of the Super Bowl ad is really opposite of what the general perception of commercials are. Normally, people will go to extreme lengths to avoid having to watch a single commercial. The skip button is treated as a gift from the gods unto us pitiful immortals from above. But for one Sunday in February, commercials are all anyone in the US and Canada can talk about. People list their favorite ads and excitedly chat online about how good the ads are. Results of the game be damned, as long as the ads and the sponsored halftime show delivered, it was a success. It feels so backwards. So what makes a good Super Bowl ad and how did we get here? Let's first examine some famous Super Bowl ads. Perhaps one of the most famous Super Bowl ads is the Budweiser Frogs from 1995, a very simple ad in which three frogs croak the syllables Bud, Wise, and Er. Back in the pre-internet days, commercials worked on uniquely memorable ads. This ad takes an interesting route. Mostly every scene about the Super Bowl is loud and in your face. The Budweiser frogs stand out by just being quiet. Quiet is not a common thread in these ads. Take the Apple Macintosh ad in 1984 about, well, 1984. A bunch of bald people in the same jumpsuit listening to Big Brother with someone breaking the screen just like how the Macintosh will burst onto the scene. Nowadays, I'm not sure if Apple wants to be associated with 1984 in any way, shape, or form, but that's besides the point. Interestingly, at no point in the commercial do they show the Macintosh. While this sometimes happens nowadays to get people talking online, this was very uncommon for the time. The internet. Now that has definitely changed how these ads work. Modern Super Bowl ads rely a lot more on celebrities, pop culture, and nostalgic comebacks. Celebrities in Super Bowl ads have always been a thing, like the famous Mean Joe Green Coke ad, but they are everywhere nowadays. These will get fans of the celebrity talking online, and that raises engagement and thought on the product in question. Or we can just put a beloved figure in a funny new situation. For example, Jack Harlow in Doritos, Betty White in Budweiser, Melissa McCarthy in Kia, or the entirety of One Direction in Pepsi. Of course, you can go viral in other ways, like getting cute. The internet loves cute things. I'm trying to make these ads cute, and it's not working. So when Planters kills off Mr. Peanut, of course they air a commercial debuting Baby Nut. Uh, of course, a double entendre helps. And that better be intentional, by the way. At the time, Snickers tweeted out, We too would sacrifice it all for the nuts. Hashtag RIP Nut, parentheses, a real one, which is an insane thing for freaking Snickers to tweet. Bet your social media guy was snickering, alright? Anyway. Uh, we also have to mention Old Spice's Puppy Monkey Baby, which had a 0% chance of failing. People love puppies, people love monkeys, and people love babies. It was foolproof. Okay, so why does the Super Bowl have these ads? Why is this phenomenon here? Well, let's go back to 1968. Jeff Festival 1 A Space Odyssey is released. 
the White Album debuts. Daniel Craig is born truly. The world has changed forever. For one minute of ad time during Super Bowl II, it was $150,000. That was $1,326,676.72 USD. What did that get you? The eyes of 70 million Americans. Invaluable. Of course, that price has only gone up. Just 30 seconds of ad space this year's Super Bowl would have been $7 million. 30 seconds of ad time back in 1968 would have been $663.338.36. Now it's 10 and a half times more expensive. However, even more eyes are on the game. 115.1 million viewers across TV and streaming. That number may as well be on the wall of every ad agency ever. Right next to the whole cat hanging up and saying, hang on. They'd kill for that. And best yet, it's the one day a year where people will actually be excited for the ads. People will find them online, not even watching the game, but going out of their way to find these ads. But why are people excited? Because, as we just went over, the Super Bowl is a spectacle. The Super Bowl ads are a spectacle. But why is that? Well... You just spent $7 million for 30 seconds of screen time. You better make the most of it. You need to make sure people remember it. And ad agencies have mastered how to get the most of 30 seconds. Put in celebrities, tell stories, parody something. Make sure people are talking about you. Because guess what? Everybody else is trying to do the same. It's like an arms race of sorts. Maybe it's more like the space race. The one where have all the eyes on it and people love the lock. It's about glory. Or to summarize, people spend big bucks for the ad room, then more money for fancy ads, and that money goes into making such great ads and people fall in love with them. Also, the Super Bowl is the one big TV event that still feels like a big, big deal. It's the one thing that people still watch in droves, a last survivor of a bygone era of sorts. Sorry, I just got weirdly sentimental over that concussion simulator. Anyways, that's Super Bowl Admageddon. If you love Admageddon, please subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Beamster underscore and on Instagram at the Beamster underscore. Make sure to tune back in two weeks when we talk about advertising video games. Ads you can play. Oh, and beware the ad.